This podcast is produced by Whisper and Mutter. Hey, thanks for listening. I am conducting a research project of sorts. I am surveying you, my listeners, to learn more about you. This quick anonymous survey will help shape the strategy, production, distribution, and sponsorship of the podcast. Can you please visit yizzyresearch.com to take the listener survey? Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now, on to the show. I conducted a crude analysis of 12 associate UX researcher job descriptions, and I am going to share what I found with you. Interestingly enough, it took me about nine months to collect these 12 job descriptions from Indeed, Simply Hired, and LinkedIn. You're listening to the Yizzy Research Podcast, the podcast for people who research people. You are listening to the voice of your host, Imani, UX researcher at and founder of the UX research company, Yizzy Research. I help organizations understand their users, and I coach aspiring and practicing UX researchers in their career journeys. Among these 12 associate UX researcher roles, there was a strong preference for full-time employees. 83% of the jobs were for full-time employment. It's interesting to me. Companies are not looking to hire associate researchers, but when they do, they're willing to invest in healthcare, retirement accounts, and other benefits for full-time researchers. Is there a missed opportunity here for companies to provide some early career employment via contracting? Maybe, maybe not. As someone who was an independent researcher working on contracts exclusively, Contracting is better suited for researchers with some experience. Contracts often require the contractor to scope research projects from end to end, and junior researchers may not have this confidence yet. But there are some junior researchers who could excel on a contractual basis. Either way, contractors may not get the same level of support that full-time researchers will. When doing this crude job description analysis, I noticed that there was very little implicit or explicit mention of mentorship. To be fair, a lack of mention of mentorship on a job description doesn't mean that there won't be any mentorship on the actual job, right? Only one of the job descriptions explicitly mentioned mentorship. One job description from a major data company reads, while your role will be to support our agile teams, you won't be alone. In addition to collaborating with other early career researchers, our more seasoned UX researchers will be there to guide and mentor you so you aren't overwhelmed. End quote. I wish this was on every job description for every role, even beyond UX research. It's unfortunate and disturbing that this explicit assurance is uncommon for these entry-level roles. So not only are these roles hard to find, but once you find them, there doesn't appear to be a lot of support. If you're trying to break into UX research, how do you navigate this conundrum with grace and strategy? Here are four tips. Number one. Be patient and acknowledge that this is the nature of this career path. It's not necessarily you. Number two, define mentorship for yourself. Is mentorship getting reassurance with research planning, research moderation and synthesis? Or is mentorship getting professional development advice? Or is it something else altogether? Before seeking out support, you need to have a clear idea of what you're looking for. Number three, leverage social media and online communities. If you use LinkedIn or are on Slack, consider posting a solicitation to ask for the type of mentorship you need. Don't be shy. I'm a part of an emailing list of nearly 4,000 researchers worldwide, and one day I emailed them asking for support 
and transitioning from a junior researcher to a senior UX researcher. And I was overwhelmed with responses and support. If you need help, just ask. Number four, if you are approaching someone, especially a stranger, to ask them to review your research plan or synthesis report or presentation, please be aware that it's a big ask. Everyone has a full and complex life that may not always allow for them to mentor you. Be gracious and considerate. We've established that these associate level roles are scarce, but where do you have to be to get them? About 91% of these roles were in the United States, 25% were in New York City, 25% were in the Bay Area in California, the remaining 50% were in Massachusetts, Texas, North Carolina, Georgia, and Michigan. New York and California dominate. I'm hoping that in a post-COVID world, where remote work is becoming more normalized, more of these roles will be remote, thus eliminating geographic barriers. If you're enjoying this podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star rating and a glowing review. Subscribe, follow. Many of you messaged me to tell me how much you like the podcast, but it's even better if you share it with your coworkers, mentees, and mentors on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and any other platform I forgot to mention. Spread the love. Don't keep me to yourself. (laughs) Also, if you are an aspiring or even a current UX researcher who needs help with your resume, interviewing skills, professional branding, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, and portfolio, consider applying for the Yizzy Research Coaching Program. 41.2% of these jobs require a minimum of a bachelor's degree, and 8.3% require a master's as a minimum. The other 50.5% did not specify a minimum education level, so there's some ambiguity and gray area around what's required as a minimum. Since these are associate level roles, I assume that they'd require zero years of experience, but I found that the average minimum years of experience was 2.2 years. So associate roles aren't truly entry level from my perspective. Considering that mentorship wasn't mentioned in most of these job descriptions, it makes sense that a few years of research experience would be required. One insurance company requested an associate UX researcher who had, quote, three to five years of relevant work experience within user experience, human-computer interaction, applied research, and or product research and development, end quote. While a food tech company wanted a researcher who had, quote, one to two years experience in a product, research, or design role, bachelor's degree in human-computer interaction, communications, sociology, anthropology, or related field, or equivalent practical experience, end quote. Lastly, a bank requested an associate UX researcher who had, quote, six-plus years of related experience, end quote. Let's dig a little bit deeper into these examples. It's clear that the applicant doesn't have to have explicit UX research experience in order to be eligible. Proxies include product and design. This wiggle room is gracious and provides a small remedy to the conundrum of needing experience for what should be an entry-level role. Companies say, hey, you need to have some experience, but it doesn't have to be UX research explicitly. If you're considering applying for these types of roles, think about what research, product, or design experience you have and how you can pivot that into UX research. That's reassuring. In terms of skills and methods requested, usability testing, survey research, and statistical analysis were the top three most requested. I was surprised to see that statistical analysis was a popular desire because these roles were not marketed as quantitative research roles. 
statistical analysis is complex and it's not something that most UX researchers know how to do. So I'm curious if some of these companies needed a data analyst or data scientist or market researcher and didn't realize that's what they actually needed. Or perhaps they're unaware that quantitative UX researchers exist and would be a better fit. Who knows? I'm not surprised that usability testing and survey research would be popular. Both are simple enough for researchers to do efficiently with little oversight. There are definitely best practices for both, but common sense, a strong intuition, and Google will get researchers very far. Usability testing is a classic UX research method, and it's good for researchers to cut their teeth, but it doesn't allow for a lot of creativity. Do entry-level researchers sacrifice creativity when starting out? In terms of software and tools, there was no mention of common UX research tools like user testing, user zoom, user lytics, optimal sort, or dscout. Qualtrics was the most common software mentioned, which reinforces the popularity of survey research. I was surprised to see tools like Sketch, Envision, and Figma listed since these were UX researcher, not designer roles. If you're interviewing for an associate level UX researcher role, which questions should you ask the interviewers? Here are six questions and reasons why you should ask them. Question number one, is there an expectation for this researcher to design as well? The rationale behind this question is to determine if this role is purely research or not. Question number two, is there an expectation for this researcher to have strong statistical skills? The rationale behind this question is to determine if this role requires strong quant skills. It's also asked to determine if this company actually needs a data analyst, data scientist, or even a statistician. Question number three, are there other and more senior UX researchers on staff? This is a good question to determine if you'll have support and mentorship. Question number four, why hire an associate UX researcher now? This is a good question to understand the company's priorities and how they view UX research. Question number five, why not hire a senior UX researcher? This question helps you understand if companies understand the investment younger researchers may need. Question number six, and this is more so if you're applying for a contract role, what's the likelihood of this being converted to a full-time role? This question is good to ask to see if it's a long-term plan for you at the company, if you're interested in that. In this episode, I analyzed 12 associate UX researcher job descriptions. When applying for any role, it's important to break the job description down section by section to fully understand what the company is requesting. Are you a good fit? What questions should you be asking during the interview process? If you miss anything, visit yizzyresearch.com for notes from this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to take the listener survey on yizzyresearch.com give this podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and follow Yizzy Research on Twitter and LinkedIn. We'll chat soon.